Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Give Me Liberty. My name is James Wilson, and today I will be covering the Democratic debate that happened Tuesday. So today's Friday, that's three days ago. They talked about many things, including foreign policy, climate change, they attacked Trump, the China trade tariffs, Medicare for all, child care, free college and wealth tax, and more. So we'll be getting to lots of that today. Stay tuned to Give Me Liberty. Alright, so as promised, we're going to get to a lot of stuff in in what happened in the Democratic debate on Tuesday. So, as mentioned in my intro, they talked about a lot of things. There was a big focus on Iran. Uh, many of the candidates weaved climate change into their arguments. I'll talk about that in a little bit. Many of them attract, attacked Trump. I will spend this podcast talking a lot about that. Lots of the attacks they made against Trump aren't actually very valid and not really based in facts. They got to a little bit with Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. They got to their Medicare for All plan, free college plan. You know, there was some separation between some of the more progressive candidates on the stage and some of the more moderate ones. So we'll talk about that. But first, today, we're going to start with Iran. Now, they did talk a lot about foreign policy. They talked about North Korea a little bit. They even mentioned Russia. But the big thing with Iran was Iran, the killing of Qassam Soleimani, and the Iran nuclear deal. So there is a bunch of talk on this. But to start, I've pretty much said this in most of my episodes since the whole Iran thing went down, since Qassam Soleimani was killed. But let's just review what we already know. Qassam Soleimani was a terrorist. He killed or injured thousands of American men and women in uniform. Just recently, he killed one service member and injured four others. He supports many terrorist organizations. And those are just a couple of the reasons why he he is a terrorist. He has armed, uh, I forget the name, but a very big enemy to Israel right now with missiles, things like that. So this guy was a bad guy. He killed many people. He was responsible for the death of Americans. This was not a good guy. And the fact that Trump was brave enough to stand up to Qassam Soleimani and launch a drone strike on him that killed him, that's a very brave, bold move that has helped America since then. Now, I'll talk a little bit more about that in a second when I get to what the candidates actually had to say about that. But this guy was a bad guy, and he had bad plans. Just recently, I think it was two weeks ago now, they tried to blow up our embassy. They, again, they killed an American service member recently. So this guy has done a lot of stuff very recently, too. For That basically means, basically allows us to label him a terrorist. He was the second in Iran. So this was a pretty good pretty big guy high up there in the power with Iran and killing him killing this bad terrorist was a good thing and many people consider that a good thing according to a Daily Wire poll actually I'm not, I'm not sure if it's conducted by Daily Wire or the fact that Daily Wire was just reporting on this but almost 50% of all people support the killing of Qassam Soleimani so this is pretty big so we saw the media protest not the media protest, but cover the protest after the death. 
The media were very mad that Trump decided to kill Soleimani. They made a very big deal about this. However, Iran, not to mention, is a dangerous regime who supports terrorism. Um, the media pushed the narrative that Iran Iranians hate Americans in Israel, as we see with the protesters. But as I talked about on the le last episode, which was actually my main focus, there's actually protest against the Iranian government after what happened when a plane was shot down. So there's a whole bunch of tension around should Qassam Soleimani could have been should he been have been killed by President Trump. The media are definitely pushing the narrative that he should not have. Many Republicans and even a lot of Democrats, including some people that worked for the Obama administration, have agreed that this is completely legal and even should have happened. So, let's get into what the Democratic candidates had to say about Iran and the Iran nuclear deal, as we'll talk about in a second. So this was kind of the first topic discussed at the debate on Tuesday. It was a pretty big topic. They spent a large chunk of time talking about this. So let's just hop right in. So first we have Amy Klobuchar, who basically made the point that she was opposed to the Iraq war, even though she wasn't in the Senate, so she can't exactly prove that. But, and if there was to be a, a war with Iran, that would be a very bad thing. It would be like the Iraq war. She would oppose that war. But she also said a couple of things that I'd like to talk about. And she, the first thing she mentioned is that Donald Trump is taking us to war. Now, this is obviously false. We've seen what has happened over the past couple of weeks. It is factually true now that we know that we're not going to go to war in Iran, at least for the, at least for the next, I don't know how long, but we're not being taken to war right now. Many people, especially on the media, are freaking out that we're going to have to have a draft, that everything is terrible, there's an imminent war now, start preparing now. That's not what we've seen over the past couple of weeks. So after the killing of Qassam Soleimani, we, there was a funeral and there was tons of protesters. Again, the media was all over this. They were covering this like crazy. Iranians hate Americans and Israelis. This is a big, bad, terrible thing. Not to mention that they didn't really cover when they had protests against the Iranian government. So just to note, you know, the, the bias in the media here. But so after the killing of Qassam Soleimani, we've seen Iran tried to, no, they didn't try. They actually shot at American bases in Iraq. And many Democrats in the media took this as, oh my gosh, we're going to war. This is big, bad, and terrible. Iran is not afraid of the, us. However, if we were to go to war with Iran, we would crush them. Many people have been saying this, including Ben Shapiro. Donald Trump has been building up our military for the past while, ever since he took presidency, which is a very good thing. You need to have a strong military. So if something like 9-11 happens, Pearl Harbor happens, you're able to have a military that is able to eliminate the threat and keep America safe. So what Donald Trump's been doing with the military and trying to grow that is a very good thing. If Iran went to war with us, they would be slaughtered. And we see that through Iran's, Iraq, Iran's action in shooting ballistic missiles at our base. The big thing about this, though, is that Iran warned Iraq and the Americans to get their troops out before they even shot the missiles. 
So this ended up, no one ended up dying. The base wasn't actually that much damaged. This was just a move by Iran to say, to show their citizens, hey, we're not a scared of, we're not scared of Americans. We hate Americans. We're going to do whatever it takes. We're going to retaliate. But in reality, what they're not telling their people is that they actually told them to get out. We've seen this as they lied. Ooh, man, 90, 30 to 90 Americans were killed. We got them. When it's true that no one died. So they're just trying to show their people that they're not going to stand for what America America did to them. But they know if they try to do something serious against the United States, that would be very bad for Iran. Their, their navy would sink the next day. Another one of their top officials would get their would get blown up in a car things like that iran is not willing to take that risk as we've seen so is donald trump taking us to war going back to what amy klobuchar said absolutely not we've seen this again and again and again the media and democrats are saying we're going to war when in reality iran is really scared of us as they warned us that they were shooting missiles before and then the second thing Amy Klobuchar says, which many of the other Democratic candidates actually agreed on, so I'll talk about this a lot, a little bit more, is she said she helped work on the Iran nuclear deal, and she wants to bring that back. So, let's talk about the nuclear, Iran nuclear deal for a little bit. I believe it was signed in 2015. I may be wrong on that. But basically what was included in the deal is, hey, Iran, we don't want you to develop nuclear weapons, so we're going to give you a ton of cash, tons of money, and as long as you promise to not build nuclear weapons. Now, there's big flaws with that. First of all, you can create other weapons of mass destruction with tons and tons of money. I mean, Iran was receiving billions of dollars. But the second thing is the bill only went to 2023. So Iran could just be keeping their money uh, use it to make their economy super great and then 2023 happens the deal is over and now they got a nuclear weapon which is something we can all agree we don't want it would be very bad if iran were to get a hold of a nuclear weapon so that's one of the big differences between the republicans and democrats on this issue no one wants iran to have a nuclear weapon it's just the way you deal with it Many of these Democrats, including people on the stage, suggest, hey, let's give them money and hopefully they won't build nuclear weapons because we're being so nice to them and giving them tons of money and we can extend that deal. And Republicans are saying, no, you're giving money to a terrorist regime. As we just talked about, many of the reasons why Qassam Soleimani was a terrorist, why Iran is, is a state that supports terrorism. Things like that. So that's one of the big differences between the Republicans and Democrats. Obviously, Democrats on the stage are all over the idea of the Iran nuclear deal. So next we go to Joe Biden, who says he also worked on the nuclear deal. Obviously, he was vice president when this deal went into play, and he said it was working. Except for the fact that, let's just say this deal continued to happen, obviously, Trump decided to close this deal and that the United States would no longer take part in it. But say we were to continue this Iran nuclear deal. Sure, they're not developing a nuclear weapon right now. If so, this deal was still put into place. 
But what what happens when it comes 2023 and the deal's over? They now have enough money to make a nuclear bomb, and there's no restrictions saying they can't. So then you're kind of put between a rock and a hard place. You have absolutely nowhere to go. Iran now has the money they need to make a nuclear weapon, and that could eventually lead to them having a nuclear weapon very much faster. Now, what Trump and people have been doing in his administration is to basically deter Iran from doing further things. So Iran attacked our embassy. Donald Trump killed Qassam Soleimani. Iran warned America that they were going to fire missiles so everyone could get out because they didn't want to escalate this thing any further. So we've seen the deterrent strategy work here. We're deterring Iran from doing anything, any terrorist-sponsored things, you know, creating nuclear weapons. Donald Trump said in a press conference or a statement that, yeah, it was a statement, not a press conference, that during his presidency, Iran would not be able to get hold of a nuclear deal. And the way you're able to do that is through deterrence, which Donald Trump is doing right now, and it's working with Iran. Iran appears, he says, quote, it, he ap- Iran appears to be standing down. So was the nuclear deal working? No, you're giving billions of dollars to, to a terrorist-supporting a state supporting terrorism. So, and then he also said that we lost our standing in the region and that he wanted to leave troops in the Middle East, but in very small numbers, and that's just left to patrol. Now, I'll get to Bernie Sanders' response to this in a little bit, but let's just talk about what he said for a second. That, quote, we lost our standing in the region. Well, as far as I'm concerned, giving money to Iran and just saying don't make nuclear weapons is kind of losing your standing in the region. You don't really have any control of what happens to Iran after 2023 when the deal ends. What Trump has been doing is he's been deterring Iran to do anything like creating nuclear bombs or to try to blow up our embassy or to sponsor terrorism. So no, under President Donald Trump, we have not lost our standing in the region. We have actually strengthened our standing in the region. As we've seen, Iran is standing down. We have troops there. Donald Trump, I mean, sorry, Joe Biden wants to take troops home, which seems like it would lose even more standing in the region. I don't know. He's saying we're losing our standing in the region and that we should take troops home. Those two sentences don't really work together it's almost like an oxymoron that oh my gosh we're not in we're not in as much control of the middle east as we were before so let's send all of our military home and that will solve the problem we'll then have our standing in the region again like that that does not make sense at all now he does make the point that he would leave troops in iran to patrol he mentions this because i don't know if it was before or after the fact but bernie sanders was asked if if by taking out all of the troops isis would you know then gain power and control again because you don't have people tech protecting the middle east from isis so donald joe biden did say that he would leave small number of troops to patrol the area make sure isis does not get more involved in the area but just the whole point of how we've lost our standing in the region that We should instead give billions of dollars to Iran and pull all of our troops out. We'll solve the problem is not true. I don't know why Joe Biden is suggesting that. Of course, he worked on 
with Obama on the nuclear deal, but Democrats should really understand what they're doing. You don't want to be giving billions of dollars to terror, terror sponsor, state sponsoring terrorist regimes. You don't want to be giving money to them because number one, you can't trust them, and number two, you don't know where that money is going to go. So very, very wrong statement from Joe Biden. Uh, Amy Klobuchar, she agrees with Joe Biden on the troops. She kind of builds off what he says, uh, adding on to the nuclear deal and pulling troops out. Now I'll get to some of the stuff she's attacked Donald Trump on in the statement, but for now let's just keep talking about this, this deal. So Elizabeth Warren went even further than Joe Biden and decided to say, that we need to get all American troops out of the Middle East. And she said that we can't solve any more problems using the military. So she says, quote, no one has a solution. The American troops aren't helping keep America any more safe. Now, is that true? Let's, let's just fact check that for a second. Iran was trying to blow up our embassy two weeks ago. Qassam Soleimani was responsible for the death of American and injured four more for more in recent times. He has also been responsible for the deaths of hundreds of American soldiers and and injured thousands more. So the fact that American troops aren't helping keep America any more safe, well, what American troops are doing is they're trying, under the direction of President Donald Trump, the commander-in-chief of the United States, they're deterring Iran from taking further actions such as this and as I've already proved and talked about, this is working. So the fact that American troops aren't helping keep America any more safe, again, someone was talking to me about this. You don't realize someone's importance until you do without them, and then all of a sudden you realize that, oh my gosh, this is super important. For example, this person gave me an example of, so say you have computers and you hire someone, to keep out computer bugs and viruses, and your website doesn't receive any of those. So then you think, oh my gosh, why am I even paying this guy? This uh, this website isn't receiving any bugs or viruses from, you know, other places. So then they fire the guy, and all of a sudden they get bugs and viruses on their website and on their computer. It's not until you do without something that you really realize the full impact of what that thing is doing. And I think it's honestly disrespectful to the American military who put their lives at risk to help us. We should honor that, support that. That's one of the reasons why I stand for the Pledge of Allegiance every day. I think it's disrespectful to suggest that American troops aren't doing anything. We're establishing deterrence in the region again so people stop getting killed and we can live in a safer world. So what Elizabeth Warren has to say is completely false. And the fact that she just wants to get all troops out of the Middle East, again, wouldn't that bring rise to ISIS? Seriously. The American troops are one of the only militaries that are help, helping keep ISIS out of the Middle East and from gaining power and getting control. So this claim by Elizabeth Warren is simply false and untrue. Next, we get to Mayor Pete, who he was actually, you know, he served in Afghanistan, and he tells a story of a one-year-old boy who his dad was leaving, I think, to be deployed to Afghanistan. I'm not sure exactly, but he was leaving, and his one-year-old son, they, they wave goodbye. 
the dad turns around, walks away, and the one-year-old boy tries to run up to his dad, wondering why he won't look back, and it takes all of his dad's, you know, energy not to look back, this super compassionate story. And again, American troops are doing the United States a huge, huge favor. But by saying that we're endangering American troops, that Donald Trump is causing more situations like that, and the father's less likely to come home. Now, by let's just go back to the nuclear deal. Now, say Iran was to get a nuclear weapon after 2023, because that's when the deal ends, and now they have enough money. If a nuclear war to start, there would be way more people that would die. That would be a massive war. If there was a nuclear war, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a draft, honestly. Nuclear war would be very terrible. I think it's estimated around 1 billion people would die. If not, the whole world goes into apocalypse because you have everyone atom bombing each other. That would be a very, very terrible thing. And that would be a very, very, very different so different outcome than what we're doing right now, which is establishing deterrence in the region so Iran cannot get a nuclear weapon. Now, I'd much rather have Iran to not have nuclear weapons, but apparently we're endangering American troops. American troops have already been dying. They tried to blow up our embassy and kill the people inside. You take out one of their top generals and they stop. I don't think that's endangering American troops. I think it's protecting American troops from further wars that could happen if Iran was to get into obtain nuclear weapons. And the last thing I want to say about this before we get into some of the attacks on Trump on the night is what Bernie Sanders had to say. I kind of talked about he mostly agreed on Elizabeth Warren, how we need to get all the troops out of the Middle East. And his question was basically focusing on if you get all the troops out of the Middle East, won't that cause rise to ISIS, which is clearly true. So he kind of agreed with Elizabeth Warren on that, taking all troops out. But he said, endless wars are costing us tons of money. Now, I love it when someone like this says tons of money, because you've got someone who supports free college for everyone, Medicare for all, and all these Green New Deal, which we'll get to in a little bit on this episode. You've got a person who's supporting all these crazy things and how endless wars are costing us tons of money. Now, obviously, no one wants an endless war and and you want to save money. I mean, we're $22 trillion in in debt right now. But to say that endless wars are costing us a ton of money, but, you know, Green New Deal, $93 more trillion, trillion more dollars, you know, that's not a big deal. I don't think we should be, I don't think we should be listening to Bernie Sanders on this topic, especially since he supports all of these plans that would cost over $100 trillion. I mean, put Medicare for All and Green New Deal together, and that already averages about $120 trillion at least. So kind of crazy statement for Bernie Sanders. If he thinks it's a ton of money to spend on the military, what does he think of the Green New Deal? That would be like a ton of tons of tons of tons of tons of tons. Like, it would keep going infinitely. That would be so much money. I don't know what Bernie Sanders is talking about here. And he doesn't think that Green New Deal is tons of money. Like, come on, we're not even spending we're not even spending three trillion dollars on the military. Green New Deal alone costs ninety trillion, so please. Okay, so next we get to some of the attacks 
on Donald Trump. After that, we will talk about the Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders clash. I am very excited to talk about this. That was the highlight of my night while watching the debate live, and many of the video went very viral. Well, first, let's get to some of the attacks that Democrats made on President Donald Trump. Now, the first is about what happened in Iran. Well, we'll cover it anyway. So he says, President Trump has no strategy. And he said, quote, escalation after escalation. And then they said, what are we trying to accomplish here? Now, there's a very clear path that Donald Trump is taking. Saying that President Trump has no strategy, he planned this out, like, what was it, seven months in advance? Seven months in advance is a pretty long time, and he was cons- he was consulting his entire administration, including Mike Pompeo, Secretary of State. This was... This was this is not a no strategy. They were planning this forever. They were waiting for something like the embassy attack to happen so they could deter Iran from doing anything like it again. They wanted to make a powerful statement to Iran. So suggesting that President Trump has no strategy is simply false. Next, escalation after escalation. Now, many... I liked what other people had to say about this. Many people believe... Many of the Democrats are basically starting the timeline of when Trump killed Qassam Soleimani, so that Trump escalated this whole thing. However, what about the embassy? What about killing hundreds of American troops, one even just recently? Is that not an escalation? The Democrats are starting the timeline again at when Donald Trump killed Qassam Soleimani. So this is not the United States escalating the situation. It's Iran. If Iran did not blow, try to blow up our embassy, if they did not kill so many people, Donald Trump would not have killed Qassam Soleimani. It's Iran who's escalating this thing. So that's two losses for Tom Steyer, both claiming that Trump has no strategy, which is obviously false, and saying that saying that the United States is the one that escalated this thing, which is, again, false. Now, uh, we'll just get to what Elizabeth Warren has to say before my favorite attack that I'm about to destroy <laughs> to be, in a humble way. I promise, in a humble way. But Elizabeth Warren said, Trump is corrupt and, quote, Trump is doing stuff for Trump. Now, why? What? tell me why Donald Trump is corrupt. Is he corrupt because he's helping millions of Americans and created a a record low unemployment rate? That doesn't sound corrupt to me. Do what sounds corrupt to me? Someone lied about their heritage so they could be a professor at Harvard Law and benefit them their entire life. That sounds pretty corrupt to me. Additionally, they're saying that Trump is doing stuff for Trump. However, let's get this clear. Donald Trump actually said at one of his rallies, you know, many Democrats are attacking him on this. He basically pointed out a, a, a very good point. Why the heck would he want to run for president? I mean, to start, he was already very rich. He owned, you know, Trump hotels, Trump Tower, you know, all those things. He didn't need the money. And even going in, he's not getting a salary for being president. So why the heck is Donald Trump doing stuff for Donald Trump? He's helping millions of Americans. He's lowering the unemployment rate. There's the, we have the biggest economy we ever have. More people are making 
lots of money. This is a very, very good time for people to be alive. And Trump is doing stuff for Trump. As far as I know, he's the only president who who doesn't have a who didn't have a salary, which is making a bold statement saying that I'm not doing this for money. So there's Elizabeth Warren trying to attack Trump on something that's not very based in facts. But we get to my favorite attack. It's actually my favorite and least favorite attack. I hate it when any one of these candidates say that. Or basically, Amy, Amy Klobuchar says Trump has told over 15,000 lies since he took office. Now, I hate when people say that. I hate when anyone says this. And here's why. Every president lies. I'm actually reading a book right now. It's a very good book called The People vs. Barack Obama by Ben Shapiro, talking about all the things Barack Obama did that are very dishonest, where he lied, things that broke, you know, his oath of office, things he said he would do, you know, things like that. So, every president has told a lie. Now, do I think lies are good? No, absolutely not. But let's get to some of the stuff Let's get to some of the stuff the Democrats are saying right now on the stage. Now, first we got Elizabeth Warren saying that Trump is doing stuff for Trump. I just talked about all the reasons why Donald Trump is doing stuff for people and why he's not even getting a salary. That's pretty big to me. That's a pretty big, bold statement by Trump. Look, I'm not doing this for money. I'm not doing this for, you know, financial things. He was, he was, he was a celebrity. He didn't, he didn't get any more fame from this. He didn't get any money. Donald Trump is not doing stuff for Donald Trump. So should I start counting Elizabeth Warren's lies? Should, you know, I the hypocrisy in this all. Donald Trump is a liar. Okay, well, literally the last sentence you gave was a lie. And then the second thing you got, I actually mentioned this, I actually mentioned this last episode where New York Times was busting Trump for breaking his promises with Iran. However, I went through all the things they had to say. You can go check that out on my previous episode where they say that Trump doesn't like war. Well, obviously he does now because he he killed Qassam Soleimani. But again, many people agree this is not taking us to a war. It appears that Iran is standing down <coughs> and we've seen th- them warn our troops. They do not want to mess with the United States. So the fact that Trump hates wars is still true. It's still true. But are people like this calling that a lie for, you know, things like that? So I hate it when people say that Trump has told over 15,000 lies. Like, it's like, hey, everyone, everyone on the stage has told big lies. Many of you have told corrupt lies. And what are you even considering lies? Because what the New York Times considers lies, most people don't. Many people still believe that Donald Trump does not like wars. But New York Times is saying that because he said that, and now he killed Qassam Soleimani, so he obviously does. He, he lied. That's, that's just ridiculous. So I'd like to see where Amy Klobuchar is getting to that, and maybe we should ask her um, under oath if she's ever told a lie. That just, that just drives me insane. But it is my favorite attack because it's easy to attack in a very humble way, as I've already said. So next we get to the Bernie Bernie, um, Sanders and Elizabeth Warren clash. 
So if you haven't heard about what's happening, on January 13th, CNN posted an article by MG Lee, MJ Lee basically saying that Bernie Sanders told Elizabeth Warren in 2018 that a woman could not win. Now, if he did say that, that is very wrong. Bernie Sanders actually makes a very good statement at this on the debate. I think that was a winning moment for him. But first, let's just start out with what happened. So I'll read, I'll read what CNN posted by MJ Lee on January 13th. Quote, The stakes were high when Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren met at Warren's apartment in Washington, D.C. one evening in December 2018. The longtime friends knew that they could soon be running against each other for president. The two agreed that if they ultimately faced off each, each other as a presidential candidate, they should remain civil and avoid attacking one another so as not to hurt the progressive movement. They also discussed how to best take on, best take on President Donald Trump, and Warren laid out two main reasons why she believed she would be a strong candidate. She, could ha she would make a robust argument about the economy and earn broad support from female voters. Sanders responded that he didn't believe a woman could win. The description of that meeting is based on the account of four people, two people Warren spoke with directly soon after the encounter, and two people familiar with the meeting. After publication of this story, Warren herself backed up this account of the meeting, saying, in part in a statement Monday, quote, I thought a woman could win. He disagreed, close quote. So that's what, that's what CNN had to say about this. See, let's just get to one thing about this. Sanders responded that he did not believe a woman could win. Now, if this is true bad thing. Sanders should not have said this. However, CNN is reporting this like it's fact. But you, it says this was based on account of four people. How do you know this is true? And we'll see in a second. CNN obviously believes this is true as I'll play the clip. Yes, a video clip. I love playing video clips in my podcast. But the fact that CNN is like, oh, Elizabeth Warren said something. We're going to believe her. We're going to attack Bernie Sanders for it. This just exposes the corruptness of the media. Hearing just one thing from someone you like and stating it as fact, as facts. So basically what happened is, of course, this was bound to happen in the debate. They, We knew that somewhere CNN was going to ask Bernie Sanders if this was true. So here is how I'll, I'll play the clip and then I'll talk about it a little bit more. So here's the clip. Let's not turn to an issue that's come up in the last 48 hours. Senator Sanders, CNN reported yesterday that, and Senator Sanders, Senator Warren confirmed in a statement that in 2018, you told her that you did not believe that a woman could win the election. Why did you say that? Well, as a matter of fact, I didn't say it. Uh, and I don't want to waste a whole lot of time on this because this is what Donald Trump and maybe some of the media want. Uh, anybody knows me knows that it's incomprehensible that I would think that a woman could not be president of the United States. Go to YouTube today. There's some video of, the, of me 30 years ago talking about how a woman could become president of the United States. In 2015, I deferred, in fact, to Senator Warren. There was a movement to draft Senator Warren to run for president. And you know what? I said, stayed back. Senator Warren decided not to run, and I did, I did run afterwards. Hillary Clinton won the popular vote by three million votes. How could anybody in a million years not believe that a woman 
could become president of the United States. And let me be very clear. If any of the women on this stage or any of the men on this stage win the nomination, I hope that's not the case. I hope it's me. <laughs> but if they do, I will do everything in my power to make sure that they are elected in order to defeat the most dangerous president in the history of our country. So, Senator Sanders, Senator Sanders, I do want to be clear here. You're saying that you never told Senator Warren that a woman could not win the election. That is correct. Senator Warren? What did you think when Senator Sanders told you a woman could not win the election? I disagreed. Bernie is my friend, and I am not here to try to fight with Bernie. But look, this question about whether or not a woman can be president has been raised, and it's time for us to attack it head on. Um, and I think the best way to talk about who can win is by looking at people's winning record. So can a woman beat Donald Trump? Look at the men on this stage. Collectively, they have lost 10 elections. The only people on this stage who have won every single election that they've been in are the women, Amy and me. And the only person on this stage who has beaten an incumbent Republican any time in the past 30 years is me. And here's what I know. The real danger that we face as Democrats is picking a candidate who can't pull our party together or someone who takes for granted big parts of the Democratic constituency. We need a candidate who will excite all parts of the Democratic Party, bring everyone in, and give everyone a Democrat to believe in. That's my plan, and that is why I'm going to win. Okay, so a little bit of that from Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders and the clash they had with that. I obviously it exposed what CNN believes about this whole thing. Elizabeth Warren says it's true. Bernie Sanders doesn't. The media, CNN, automatically go behind Elizabeth Warren. Yep, Elizabeth Warren is telling the truth. When, when I watched this, I actually highlighted this. I'm like, this is going to be the biggest thing of the abate, the debate. So to be clear, you never said that, Bernie Sanders. That is correct. I've never said that. Next question. Elizabeth Warren, what did you think when Bernie Sanders said that a woman couldn't win? Like that is that is exposing completely 100% exposing the fact that in a, in a closed meeting there was no press coverage of this. In a closed meeting, CNN's just like, "Yep, we believe Elizabeth Warren." Now, Additionally, from this, afterwards, Bernie Sanders goes to shake Elizabeth Warren's hand, as it's kind of customary for them all to shake hands, you know, after the debate. And Elizabeth Warren refuses to shake Bernie Sanders's Bernie Sanders's hand. So the funny thing about this is they actually got hot mic'd, and now we know what the exchange looked like. So that I'll play that for you now. So you heard that. I, Sorry, the audio is a little quiet there. But so basically, Elizabeth Warren goes up and says, 
you called me a liar on national TV. And Bernie Sanders is like, yes, you did the exact same thing. And Elizabeth Warren refuses to shake Bernie Sanders' hand. Now, the funny thing about this is the media's standing behind Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, she's right about this whole thing. Bernie Sanders hates women. But let's be honest. Let's compare Elizabeth Warren's record to Bernie Sanders' record. I mean, who do you think's more honest? So let's start with Elizabeth Warren. So she used to be kind of like a capitalist kind of thing. Bernie Sanders actually had her as a professor, and he noticed that her views shifted dramatically around 2003. And they're even changing now as she's becoming more socialist. She's, it, it, it appears as so as this just that she's trying to copy what Bernie, uh, what Bernie has to say and then hope she gets more voters, you know, because of her identity, things like that. And then second, you've got the whole Native American thing, lying that she's a Native American so that she could so that she could get promotion into Harvard, you know, become a professor, all those things like that. So you got all those things from Elizabeth Warren, and then you got also her proposals, like, we want Medicare for all, but we're not going to raise taxes on the middle class. Well, it's physically impossible to not have Medicare for all if you do not raise taxes on the middle class. Bernie Sanders is open about this. He is actually honest about this. Now, Am I saying I agree with Bernie Sanders on pretty much anything? No, I disagree with Bernie Sanders on almost everything. But Bernie Sanders is open to the fact that, yes, your taxes are going to be raised, but in reality, you will get better health care. You'll get, you know, free college, and it will be worth it for everyone. Now, Joe Biden actually talked about attacked Bernie Sanders on this. It was a pretty good attack. We're not going to talk about that today just because this episode is getting pretty long already. But just comparing Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders' uh, you know, record, Bernie Sanders has a little more credibility than Elizabeth Warren here. I like how she says, I'm not here to attack Bernie Sanders. Yeah, right. I'm not here to attack Bernie Sanders. And then you just attacked Bernie Sanders. If you didn't want to attack Bernie Sanders, don't attack Bernie Sanders. And the other th- interesting thing about this is the time this is released. You're saying that this happened December 2018? Why didn't, why didn't you tell the media about that then? This is obviously just trying to get out because, because the Iowa caucuses are in two weeks. You want to make a big story. You want to hurt Bernie Sanders. She's losing momentum. She needs to get votes from Bernie Sanders to her as fast as she can if she wants to win Iowa. And now is a good time to quote-unquote leak the story. But this happened in December 2018. Why didn't that happen then? The timing of this all is very, very suspicious. Now, because this episode is running long already, we will talk a little bit about climate change and Tom Steyer, but then we'll get right to closing statements and my final rankings of the day. So one of the other big topics of the Democratic debate was climate change. Now, Bernie Sanders went all out Green New Deal, all out Green New Deal on this whole climate change stuff. He's like, quote, we don't need, we we can't take action by 2050, we can't take action by 2040, we need to take action by 2030. And then he quoted some, some movement that said we have 12 years left to live. He said the world would become a very hard, bad place to live. And then he basically just did an ad for the Green New Deal, which 
Yeah. So for the Green New Deal, which, by the way, cost $90 trillion, is made by AOC, actually someone who endorsed him. In my two episodes ago, I talk about all those endorsements, why that helps some candidates, why it doesn't. You can go check that episode out. I believe it's called Who Will Win the Nomination, where I get into more of that. But he basically talks about how Donald Trump's a liar and we need the Green New Deal because we need to save the planet. Now let's talk about the Green New Deal for a second. Now, so the Green New Deal would take away planes, cars, hamburgers. It wants to kill all cows. It wants to take away cars. I mean, the fact that you want to eliminate all air travel, even that, just, just that one thing in the bill, that I would not vote for that. Second, it would cost $90 trillion, as I've already mentioned. $90 trillion. We cannot afford that at all. Bernie Sanders says we spend a ton of money on the military. Our debt is $22 trillion right now, and that's huge. The Green New Deal is five times that amount. No, not five times. But really, almost five times. That would cost tons of money. And raising taxes isn't going to pay for something like this. Now, Tom Steyer actually kind of gets wrecked from this. So he said, I'm the only one on the stage to make this my number one priority. I'll call environmental emergency on day one. And I'm sad that no one else recognizes this as their number one priority. And the one of the, one of the people asked a follow-up question and they said, so just to be clear, though, you invested your money in fossil fuels, oils, and natural gas, and that's how you made your billion dollars. And then Tom Steyer was like, yes, I know I did that, but I changed my history uh, that like 10 years ago. And now, you know, I believe in climate change and how it's awful and terrible. It's like, well, you already made your billion dollars, Tom Steyer. Like, no one's falling for that. So the fact... <laughs> That that was one of the times where the moderators pretty much exposed Tom Stark. That was not good for him and pretty funny. Now, I might talk about what happened in the debate about climate change a little bit next episode. They also talked about the China tariffs, which I don't have time to talk about today. But because that made news, Donald Trump signed some new executive order on the tariffs on that. I'll be talking about that on Monday, so stay tuned for that. But let's get right to the closing statements. So there are a couple of closing statements that I would like to just focus on before I get to my final rankings of the day. To be honest, besides that moment between Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, they weren't actually attacking each other very much, which I was actually kind of surprised to see. I mean, you've got two weeks until the Iowa caucuses. There's not a single debate until then. The next debate will be after the fact. I believe it's in February. So the fact that this is the time where the candidates really need to distinguish each other um, on the debate stage, and this did not happen at all. They kind of supported each other for the most part, really, besides that Elizabeth Warren-Bernie Sanders moment. is a pretty boring debate, to be honest. Nothing much happened. They kind of just talked about stuff we already knew, you know, things like that. But let's get to what Tom Steyer had to say about closing statements. So he said... We as the American people are on a team. And, you know, I used to play team sports my entire life. And what Donald Trump is doing is he's kicking American people in the face. I will not stand for that. Now, this is kind of to start an interesting analogy on 
this whole thing. But what, let's, let's get into it a little more. What has Donald Trump done to kick American people in the face? Let's be honest, he, he acknowledged in the debate that Trump had a really good economy. Lowest unemployment rates ever. I believe it's around 2.5% right now. You got the Dow Jones broke, it broke $29,000. That is huge. Has not happened under any other president. We have a booming economy. And then he, and he follows it up with, I will take Donald Trump down on the economy. Well, that's going to be kind of hard. He does mention that he did make billions of dollars in, from a business, which is a good point. That was Donald Trump's point. You know, I'm a businessman. I'm a very um, successful businessman. And we need someone from the outside to take control and fix America. And that's what Tom Steyer talked about a little bit. But just because you're a billionaire doesn't mean you're going to be able to take down Donald Trump on the economy. Because Donald Trump was in the same circumstance, and he has done a lot to to allow the economy to do very well. So many people, regardless of whether they like Donald Trump or not, they'll vote for him in the 2020 election because they don't want anything to change. They're doing so well economically. So I don't know what Tom Steyer is saying when he says that Donald Trump isn't helping Americans. He obviously is. Should we count this lie against him? Tom Steyer has told one lie, at least from his clothing's closing statement at the debate. That's why he can't win the presidency. Ridiculous stuff like that. And then Pete Buttigieg goes into how the president is boasting about the economy. Well, of course he's boasting about the economy. The economy is great, and everyone's super excited about it. Oh, tons of people approve of the economy. People will vote for Donald Trump because of the economy, even if they don't like him. Of course, that's a big talking point for the president. That's probably that's that's the main reason why I think he's going to win again in 2020. You got people who don't want to risk any change. Now, of course, President Trump's going to be boasting about this because this is something he's done great in his presidency. If you were president, would you not run your pres your second term on what you did great? That that's what Trump is doing. So. And then the last closing statement I'll get to before my final rankings, yes, final rankings, is Joe Biden's. And so he basically says, Donald Trump spits out racism that we could kind of handle four years, but eight years of Donald Trump would be a huge disaster. Now, the thing that's interesting about this is he didn't actually explain why this would be a huge disaster. Tons of people approve of the economy. All right, and then the last thing we'll get to today is the ranking rankings from what I thought of the debate. If you watch the debate or you still want to go watch the debate, you can. This is just my opinions, some some of what I think are the biggest takeaways from the debate. But let's just go down the line of what I think about the candidates and their performance. So first we have Joe Biden. I gave him a D. Now, I think Joe Biden has pretty much been at a D this entire, every debate he's gone to, just because he's not very enthusiastic, he looks very tired, he looks old from this, he's not gaining any new support, he drops in the polls every time he goes to a debate, it isn't looking good for Joe Biden, and what he did wasn't, his performance wasn't outstanding to me, or I think really anyone, I don't think it excited I don't think it made 
Iowans excited for the caucus or to even go vote for him. Now, of course, there's still a lot of support for him because he was the vice president, but I don't think this debate helped him in any way. And then I also gave Elizabeth Warren a D. There's a lot of Ds in this debate because, as I've already mentioned, no one really did well. No one really separated themselves. No one attacked each other. No one was able to distinguish themselves from the others. This was not a good debate at all. So I gave Elizabeth Warren a D because I, especially for the issue when it came to Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren battling it out over what Bernie Sanders had said. Many people are saying Elizabeth Warren did well, but to me, it was, I thought Bernie Sanders had a much stronger response as I've played on the show, and I think that hurt Elizabeth Warren. I gave Pete Buttigieg a C, just because he didn't really talk very much, and so, I mean, you can't really attract new support, right, if you don't, you know, if, if, if you don't get a talk. I mean, you saw that with Andrew Yang. He got to talk like two minutes every debate, and now he's not making it to the debates. I gave Bernie Sanders a C minus, better than Elizabeth Warren, but not great. He he did come off as a strong candidate. Again, I disagree with him on a lot of stuff, but not not anything new we learned from him. He wasn't able to distinguish himself very much. He was the number one most attacked candidate on the stage, which is it which isn't really good for you. Then I gave Amy Klobuchar a D plus. Again, she was not able to distinguish herself. The reason I gave her a D plus is because she really needs to start doing well if she wants to stay in these debates and have a shot at the nominee, which right now she doesn't. I don't think she'll win the nominee, and what her performance didn't help her in doing that. I think because of this debate, Amy Klobuchar is not going to win the Democratic nominee. And then last, we have Tom Steyer, who I gave a D. See, lose for everyone. Two Cs and four Ds, who... He didn't get to talk very much, but the stuff he did say was kind of random. He did get attacked by one of the moderators on the fact that he made his billions in fossil fuels, which I think will really hurt him there. So that's it for this episode of Give Me Liberty. Those are my rankings of the debate, and be sure to check out the debate for yourself. Thanks.